Well, a big g'day and welcome to the Aussie Church Leaders podcast where we want to help Aussie Church Leaders grow stronger for longer. Chris, we are in October. It is October. It's October. Last quarter of the year. The year has gone quick. The whales have almost left us until really? 2021. It's almost the end of whale season. I don't I know mean, if you knew. I don't even know when whale season is. No. Well, I, I'm actually not too sure either, but I know they're around right now. Um, there's lots of whales out. I actually saw four whales uh, just down in Burley last really? weekend. Yeah, no, just off the shore. So it's whale season. We're know. in October. That means Migaloo is around as well. Well, I was just about to say, I know we've spoken about Migaloo on the podcast before. Yeah, this, this, is, this will be his second appearance now on the podcast. Well, not an appearance because it's really hard to find Migaloo and also yeah. the podcast. So, As I, as I discovered, because I think last time I had no idea who Migaloo was. No, well, he's the white albino whale. Um, very rare, very tricky to, to find him around the place, but there is a chance he might be coming through for one last time, hopefully in this whale season. Okay. Um, so I'm still crossing my fingers over here, Chris. Um, but it is, it's a good time of the year. It's October. We only got two, it's almost Christmas. This year is flying through. Um, but there's also been so many things. Obviously, that's been happening in 2020 as well, and we keep. Uh, talking about it here on the podcast in terms of how we can best equip ourselves in the season of things that we're in right now. But at the same time, uh, look, just looking back on, on the season of things this year, uh, it has been one of overwhelm. And it's really easy when we're overwhelmed to lose that perspective. And, and I know so often it's a little bit like we, when we have too many groceries in our hands, when we're trying to move things from the car to the front door and we try and get that extra bag, extra bag, just try and carry everything through it's tricky at times when we have so much to do, uh, but maybe we don't know the approach or the angle that we should be taking. So relating that uh, back to ministry, using that analogy there, it is, it's, it's quite easy to overcomplicate things when things get really stressful, which is why in episode 27 in October, before the whales leave of Aussie Church Leaders podcast, today we're going to be looking at how to create a simple church, how to create a simple church, uh, this kind of simplistic approach uh, to ministry and church life. But Chris, this is a two as we look at Simple Church, it is a two-parter. This two is a two-parter. Yeah. This is coming back. Whoa. So yeah. we're going to get episode 28, mm. November. Part two. Part two. See if we see any whales between now and then. I just found, I just Googled quickly. There is a website where you can, um, that people document Migaloo sightings. There is, yeah. I don't know if we should chuck that in the show note links or not. Um, I'll, I'll make a note too. Funny. We'll throw Thank that you. in the show note links. Thank you, Chris. Would love to hear if you have any snaps of Migaloo or if you have cited him before, please get in contact with us. It's, it's really important information. Check that out in the show notes. Back to the episode though, Chris. Migaloo to the side just for a moment, mm. just until we, we get back to him in November for episode 28. Two-part series, How to Create a Simple Church, we can overcomplicate church at times. We can overcomplicate programs, systems, environments, overcomplicate how we do community, even relationships too. Yeah. When we're looking at this idea of a simple church, well, how would you describe it? What is a simple church? Yeah, well, I think, um, and I think coming out of this season, I love your analogy of, um, of shopping. I remember one of the, like when we're in the middle of um, lockdown in Queensland 
and obviously mm. things have kind of uh, eased a little bit. And if you're listening to this in like 2022 or 2023, you're like, what, what are they talking about? COVID. Okay. COVID was a thing in 2020. Um, as we're recording this, we're just coming out. And, and one thing that I commented to, um, to my wife, Emma, um, during when we were in lockdown, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose some of the lessons that we've learned in the midst of lockdown, like the simplicity and the pace that we were running at. Um, and some of the things that we have found that bring us a lot of joy. Mm. Um, and I think that's the same is true when it comes to ministry and church is that we were forced to change and adapt. Um, in some ways that was really hard and really difficult, but in some ways I think it's given churches an insight into uh, some of the slack to use a better term, some of the excess fat in ministry that we pour resources into that are really not mission critical. And so as we're coming back, we want to deliberately kind of use this episode to help people think about this idea of simplicity. And so the term simple church, it actually comes um, from two fellows, Tom Rayner and Eric Geiger, and they wrote a book, Simple Church, and we'll link to that in the show notes. And, um, and really they define it and we're going to run with their definition of a simple church. It's a church that has a straightforward and strategic process that moves people through the stages of spiritual growth. So I'll say that again. It's a church that has a straightforward and strategic process that moves people through the stages of spiritual growth. That's what a simple church is in a nutshell. And there's two kind of key words in, in, in that sentence, isn't that, Chris, of, of straightforward and strategic yes. as well. Um, maybe if we can unpack that yeah. a little bit more. When we're talking about a straightforward process, what, what would this look like? Well, it's just, it's just a, an articulated process because a lot of churches um, don't have an articulated process for the stages of spiritual growth they want to move someone through or they have a process, but it's so complicated that you need to pretty much be on the leadership team or have been in the church for like, you know, a number of years to actually be able to figure out what the process is in the first place. So we want it to be straightforward. We want people inside your community to be able to know and understand it. And we want people outside to be able to know, Hey, it's so straightforward. It makes sense. And then that second word strategic, um, it, it has to do with moving people where we want them to go. So we want people to be growing spiritually. You know, that's Jesus's um, great commission that we want to make disciples. Once we, once we go into the world, we want to make disciples. So well, what does that look like in your context? And um, if your next, so a couple of examples, if your next step from your Sunday experience is you want maybe new believers to join an alpha course, um, but it's never talked about, or it's, you have a bulletin that's like six pages long and it's buried somewhere in the middle um, that's not straight. That's not straightforward, and it's not strategic. It's really hard to kind of figure mm. out what the next step is for someone. Um, or something uh, some churches kind of have is this smorgasbord approach. Like they're like, oh well, you know, uh, you can just pick what whatever is best for you to work, and um, and that's fantastic for church people. Um, but if you remember back, you know, when you're a little kid and you're reading the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Um, you actually didn't know it was next on the adventure, really. It was like, if you want this option, go to page 38. Yep. Okay, so the choose your own adventure kind of analogy falls down a little bit for churches there because for a lot of Christians, they're choosing an adventure. They kind of know that where it's going to take them. Mm. Whereas if I'm new to faith and I'm exploring faith, uh, it's really hard for me to know what adventure it is I'm choosing, that the step is not strategic and it gets kind of lost in the um, in the 
I guess, smorgasbord of options. Mm-hmm. Provides a, a simple lens, straightforward and strategic process there. Choose your own adventures book. I haven't read one for years. It's a long, yeah. It's a they long are great. Time, right? I read one once where you start off in a zoo and by the end of the book, I was on the moon. Really? Yep. Yep. Unreal. Choose your own they need to come back. Are they still doing choose your own adventure books now? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, may, yeah, maybe like parents could let us know if that's still a thing. If you're listening and you're a parent, let us know. Choose your own adventure books. Yeah. We want to find out what have you been reading? All right. Back to the straightforward and strategic process. Yeah. So it does, it provides this, this simple lens. And Chris, I guess, you know, we, we're talking about simple church, but why go simple? If things, maybe we already have some processes in place. If we mm-hmm. kind of see what our ministry environments can, are kind of looking like right now, yeah, maybe we've done a spot analysis. There's some strengths, there's some weaknesses here, opportunities, threats. Um, maybe we're feeling like it's overcomplicated, starting to become overwhelming, or maybe things right now are just happening happening organically and naturally things are flowing why simple why go simple with church yeah well i think in this world of like options and complexity um like we can we can make so many layers and unintentionally put so many barriers in between um people following jesus but also um people who are following jesus growing in their faith and i think when you look at at a really basic level, the way that Jesus kind of built disciples was not complicated. It was a started with a simple invitation, follow me. And then the next part was just spend time with me. And then the third Mm -hmm. part was go and teach other people that I've known to do the same. And Jesus models this, you know, with an invitation, people spend time with him and then he sends them. And that's something that Jesus did, you know, a number of times in his ministry. And then, so, so what, um, Rainer and Geiger have done in this research is that they they looked at over 400 churches. Now, granted, this is in North America, but the mm-hmm. principles are still applicable regardless of where you do ministry. Um, and, and what they looked at with these 400 churches is they, they kind of, um, in their research, they called it a vibrant church. So churches that were growing, what they found, they, these vibrant churches scored 25% higher than other churches and see these vibrant churches they were like well what are the characteristics that make them vibrant and they discovered it was simplicity and they they actually wrote this it's it's um this is directly from the simple church book it says there is a highly significant relationship between a simple church design and the growth and vitality of a local church Mm. now when they talk about growth they just they don't just mean people in the front door but they also mean growth in areas of people in groups people mm. serving people giving financially people beginning to follow jesus and what they discovered is the simpler the better that's interesting so we're not too sure or or maybe if we do check out the, the link in the show notes yep. uh, for our friends who might be listening along they might be able to find out how the score rating kind of works a little bit more, but 25% higher score. So it didn't come down to how many extra, you know, different opportunities were scattered along the place within that church. It didn't come down to the smoke machines and maybe other things that, that were in play. We're talking about a simple approach. Um, it sounds, it sounds simple. Simple sounds simple. It sounds really easy. Um, but again, we know not everything that's simple is always easy. So why why isn't every church simple? Mm. Well, back to your first point about the research methodology, mm. there's actually an entire appendix in the book. Cause I know some people 
love that. Um, there's an entire appendix in the book that details their exact research methodology. So mm-hmm. if you're into that, you can check it out. Yeah. Um, but I think simple is easy, but it's difficult to execute, right? Like in our life, like we, we drift naturally. Our tendency is to drift towards complexity. You have to fight really hard mm-hmm. for simplicity, um, no matter what way you do it. And I think one of the biggest barriers so that they actually have an expanded definition of simple church. And I want to, I want us to um, just quickly touch on that. They say that this is the expanded definition, a church that has a straightforward and strategic process that moves people through the stages of spiritual growth. So that's the part we already looked at. And the second expanded part is um, the leadership and the church are clear about the process and committed to executing it. So there's a part where it's not just key leaders, but it's also the entire church understands the community understands what it is. The process flows logically and is implemented in each area of the church. And here's the challenging part. The church abandons everything that is not in the process. Mm. So there's mm-hmm. a lot going on and there's a lot, you can see why it is difficult to execute. You have to buy in the leadership. You have to buy in the entire church. The process has to make sense to everyone. And you have to be willing to abandon and say no to things that, that aren't in that process of making disciples. And then we've talked about it already. You were saying, you know, it's simple can be simple, but it comes down to our execution and, and discipline. Uh, and when we're looking at simple church and the process of it, there is a commitment to the process here. There uh, is. So when we're looking at uh, having the leadership on board, the process flows logically and it's implemented in each area of the church. Church abandons everything that is not in the process. We have a clear yes and no. Yeah. There needs to be a commitment to this process after yeah. that. Are we expecting that the process is going to work straight off the bat? No, they're, they're actually there are, there are four elements in the simple process. We're going to look at two elements in this episode. Then we're going to look at two in the next. And we've kind of broken these down. The first two elements, yes, you want you want everyone in the community eventually to understand these elements, but these are really kind of set and directed by the leadership of the community. And yep. then you get people to buy into this. The next two parts are really how people who attend your church, maybe people who are volunteers, um, buy into and how we make it easy for them to buy into the process. Mm -hmm. Simple process. Episode 28, part two for that one. Stay tuned. Too good. So those two elements that we can look at in today's episode, how does a church become simple? It's the first two steps. Yeah. Yeah. So the first step is, is what's called clarity, right? And that's really simple. Okay. Everyone who listens to the podcast knows what clarity is. It's the ability of the process to be communicated and understood by people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ability of the process to be communicated and understood by people. Now, before we get to clarity, part of this whole idea of clarity is that we actually need to first define the process. In other words, in this part, we're asking the question, what does spiritual growth look like in our community? Mm. Now, I want to like, we should be clear. We know we've got leaders listening to this podcast from a whole bunch of different denominations and ministry settings, um, different denominations and theological bents will have different answers to this question. And that's not okay. Like we're not here on this show to tell you what we think the answer is. What's important is that you have an answer for yeah. what spiritual growth looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, now to kind of, cause I think it's really helpful to have some sort of like practical answer. Um, I'll use our church, the church that we're a part of as an example. 
and and the process that we kind of communicate is um, is that of a house we say we want to move people from the front door to the kitchen table right because we want people to eventually feel so comfortable in our community that they feel like they're part of the kitchen t- like they can have conversations around the kitchen table and so we want anyone who engages to move to be we want to be able to move them from the front door to the kitchen table and so we've actually defined what these areas are so we've said the front door front door environments we call out we don't run programs we call them ministry environments so front door environments are open environments open meaning anyone can come to them they're for believers they're for people who are new to faith they're for people who've been in faith for a long time but they're open environments where we want people to return so it's a space we want people to feel so comfortable they keep coming back yeah um and this is it all stages of faith. So this is for adults, this is for youth, and this is for children as well. Mm-hmm. And then after they've been at a front door environment, we want them to take a step to what we call a living room environment. Now, a living room environment is a targeted environment where we want people to connect. So targeted might mean it's age targeted, maybe for youth and children. It's a targeted age environment. Um, for an adult, it might be a specific targeted environment around a step for faith so maybe that's something like an alpha course you know in our context we use the term the phrase starting point starting Mm -hmm. point is if you're new to faith or maybe it's uh it's an environment that's like hey if you've come from another church and you or you want to figure it out or you want to jump in here's the next step so it's a target environment where we want people to connect want people to begin to know us we want to connect and get to know them a little bit better and then from those living room environments we want people to take a step to what we call the kitchen table now the kitchen table is a semi-closed or closed environment, which means it's not open to everyone. Mm. It's only open to, to um, like, or, or you can't just rock up at these willy nilly. There's a process for that, but they're semi-closed or closed environments where we want people to change. Yep. We think ultimately that, you know, following Jesus is about, you know, denying yourself, picking up your cross and following Jesus. So it's about saying no to ourselves and saying yes to Jesus and, and when, we turn, uh, when we begin to do that, then there's an element and there's a big part of us that begins to change. And it's around what we say, the kitchen table, where you can get in a circle, where you can have conversations face-to-face and you can begin to help people with their marriages. And you'll begin to w- wrestle with, um, you know, maybe some of the challenges that people have. Hmm. Maybe it's compulsive lying, um, whatever it is, those parenting issues. And it's in those environments that we challenge people to serve and give for the first time as well. And it's these environments, we talk about them being semi-closed or closed, this kitchen table environments. And we talk about them being semi-closed or closed because they are environments where you're doing relational community with people and trust needs to be a big foundation of that too. And, and that's why we talk around that semi-closed or closed group because uh, yep. it is a space where you, know, you can be vulnerable with people, but really you're experiencing that kind of honest and meaningful community with people as well. Yeah. And that's just our model. Like I have, I've seen heaps of other fantastic models. That's just an example. Another great model I've seen with some is, is love God, love others, serve the world. Yeah. Now this is a little bit of a different analogy to our house analogy, but it's love God, love others, serve the world. And so love God is worship together. Love others is being in a group, be in community and then serve the world is serve on a team, give financially. So there's a clear process there. It's hey, love God. So, you know, you worship, love others by jumping in a group and serve the world by getting on a team. Mm. So that's sort of, you know, it doesn't matter. Ours was just an example. There's plenty of other examples you can see, or you can come up with your own. Um, What is, I think worth noting at this point, just on this clarity thing is if your leadership doesn't embrace the process, 
it doesn't matter how well you articulate it, right? You want your leaders to be living this process out, talking mm. about the process at the meetings, measuring data that's relevant to the process. And yeah, for me, the, the big, the bigger thing is you can measure the data and you can talk about it at meetings, but the thing that's the highest priority is um, if you say, Hey, groups are super important, but your key leaders are not in a group kind of says how valuable they think the process is. Mm. Um, if you say, Hey, you know, we want everyone serving. We want, you know, that's where we want people, but not, you know, all your key leaders don't serve. That's kind of, it's kind of hard. And it's what we were talking about earlier too, the commitment to the process, uh, but also embracing the process too. I think when we look at measuring data, whilst that might, might be specific to the environments that you are looking at starting or might already have in place uh, within your church or within your ministry, wherever you are in terms of, of leading, uh, embracing the process is also celebrating the stories yeah. across maybe those three environments, um, maybe across love others. Can you say those three again, Chris? Yeah, love God, love others, serve the world. Celebrating what that looks like across those three different uh, environments or, or those three different, yeah, kind of cues of just language of what we're talking about here as well. Because when we're celebrating, when we're sharing stories, people are not only buying into the process, we don't want them just to buy in and just be a part of it. We want them to be embracing it and know that they're actually part of a bigger picture story here mm-hmm. of a God who so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for forgiveness of our sins, that we get to be a part of something big here. So it's something to get excited about. Chris, if we're actually looking at how we can get leaders kind of on board with this, this clarity element and, and with the clarity in this process, is there any kind of hint uh, or good hints or, or kind of tips that we could offer or maybe questions to ask? Yeah, well, here, I've got four questions you can begin to ask as you're on this part of the, of the process. It's the first question is, is there a defined process at our church? Do we, do we have one? Do we kind of have one? Do we not have one? So you've got a starting point. Is there a defined process or do people talk about a process? Do leadership talk about a process? What do people talk about? Hmm. Um, the second one is to what kind of followers of G- sorry, what kind of Jesus followers are we making according to our weekly programs? So that's yep. a question. Yes. Don't ask what type of followers do we want to make? Just put yep. everything you run in a week out mm-hmm. on the table and say, what kind of Jesus followers are we making based on the, the stuff that we put effort into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good reflection. Um, and then the third question is um, what's a metaphor we could use or do use to describe spiritual growth. Um, if there's a metaphor that your community already uses a lot, but isn't part of an articulated process, that's a way you can merge it because everyone has that common language, that common um, vocabulary. And then the fourth one, this might rub a few people the wrong way, but I, I guess if you listen to the Aussie Church Leaders podcast, um, you'll be comfortable with um, tracking metrics and stuff. But how do we measure success at our church? Um, in other words, what what gets us really, really excited? Um, we, we say a lot of the times at Beyond Hey Riley that um, that we don't get excited about a lot, but the things we get excited about, we get uber excited yep. about. Rowdy. <laughs> And so for us, that's baptism. Like we love baptism because that's a sign that someone is, you know, changing and has made a decision to change. We get really, really excited about people in groups. We get less excited about the number of attendance that we have on a Sunday. We track it because we want to track it, but it's not something that like we, you know, we write home and tell our mums about like, Hey, we had however many people on a Sunday, but we do get excited about the individual stories. It's a life change. Baptism and groups. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. Great couple of questions there. So that's clarity. That's clarity, Chris. The first step 
what's the second element or even a better question, what's the second part of the process mm. to going to a simple church? Yeah. So this one is, um, it's called movement. And movement is steps in the process that causes people to move to greater areas of commitment. So, um, you know, the other week, uh, Emma and I wanted to go up to the sunny coast, a little, little cheeky lunch date, afternoon hangout at the beach. Um, the highway was absolutely chock-a-block. It took like, just so our listeners kind of know if you're not, if you're not in Queensland, like it usually takes us about 50 minutes, 55 minutes to get to the coast. It took us two hours to get up to the coast. The highway was just so congested. The old Bruce. The old Bruce was just congested. Bruce. Everyone wanting to see whales. That's why, Chris. People were out trying to get a glimpse of Migaloo. That's it. And, and, and I think that's, some, that's a picture of what this and um, what we don't want to happen in this element of the process. We want to make it actually as easy as possible for people to get from point A to point B where we want them to go yep. in, this, in this process. So mm-hmm. part two is about removing congestion. So once we've kind of said, hey, this is the kind of Jesus followers or the disciples we want to produce, and we've looked at all the, um, the ministries and the programs, the environment that, um, that your church offers, you want to ask like, well, how do these pieces fit into our discipleship process and then you need to ask the question like well what do we need to cut like what's getting in the way of that happening um you might actually ask the the next question which is uh, what do we need to add because there might be some things that are you know like if if the bruce highway kind of highway kind of stopped halfway to our destination we'd have to kind of go off go around about come back so you might need to add in a piece of road or add in a step to help people Um, but this is really the time also to evaluate things that you do like Mm. special events and ask the question like, well, what sort of role do they actually play in our process? Like, can they be integrated into our process? Do they need to be separate? Like, how do we merge them together? Yeah. Um, and a really great example of this is like a parenting seminar. You know, maybe you're kind of like, oh, we're going to have a special parenting seminar because the youth ministry wants to better equip the parents and partner with parents. Um, well, is that a special event? Does it fit into your process? Maybe a better way to do that would, is, is if groups are part of your process, you actually release that as a curriculum that mm-hmm. anyone who's a parent in groups. So now you're releasing it as a group's curriculum. So all parents are going to undergo it. All mm-hmm. parents are going to see, Hey, this is how we want to partner with you. Um, and so, it, but it, and now it fits nicely into the process as mm-hmm. opposed to becoming another event on a calendar that you just need to schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So part of that movement kind of second step is actually looking at, at what we need to remove, how to remove the congestion in place. It is the hardest part. This is, I will say out of, out of the four parts of this process, it is the hardest part. Why would you say it's most difficult? Cause there are leaders like all of us, like we get attached to things and things that we're a part of, we get attached to. And when you cut something or when you have to tell someone, Hey, we're actually not going to be, going forward with that it doesn't fit into our process there's a part of us that wants to hold on mm. um there's a part of us that kind of says oh but i spent all this time building this and making yeah. this fantastic and and i think there's this really really great example um of craig groeschel at um who's the senior pastor of life church in america and they, they had this um incredible young adult ministry that had hundreds and hundreds of young adults coming probably close to thousands mm-hmm. of young adults coming and it didn't fit into their discipleship process. It didn't fit into what it was just kind of this great thing that they did, but they're like, it's not moving anyone anywhere. People from a whole bunch of different churches are coming. 
Uh, it's not really helping. We don't really know why we do it other than the fact it's huge. So they actually made the decision to cut this event where hundreds, sometimes thousands of young adults would come because it wasn't helping them take a, a step towards following Jesus other than like, hey, we put this big event on and it makes everyone feel good. And yeah. so there will be some of those hard decisions that you have to make because they ultimately the programs, the environments don't play into the process. And we look at the work of, of that life church ministry now mm. and, and where they're at now in terms of growth. And it's remarkable <laughs> uh, in terms of, of what the church community and how God's just been at work um, through that as well. So there's prayer in that, that process too. But Chris, when we're looking at that straightforward and strate- uh, strategic approach or strategic process more so, we looked at clarity and movement, the first two steps what are some questions maybe as we kind of wrap up today's episode, episode 27, before jumping into part two in episode 28 of how to create a simple church? What are some questions or some questions that leaders can ask to help get started with the movement part of this process? Yeah, I've got three questions around this. The first one is um, to ask, are, are our programs placed in a process? And you might have one articulated um, and you might look at them and go, oh, actually, what, how did that program get in the process? Like, why is it there? Like, it doesn't seem to make sense. Or maybe you might go, oh, actually, no, we, we kind of run them, but they're not really in an articulated process. Mm. Um, then the second question to ask is, is our church congested? And if it is, where? Like, are we program heavy? Are we doing stuff all the time? Like, if so, where, where are we congested? Mm. And then the third thing, which I think sometimes gets missed, is um, do we have a clear next step for people new to or, or exploring faith? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause often, you know, we create these environments, we create these fantastic environments to disciple people who are already Christians. Um, but do we have a clear next step for people who are new to faith or exploring faith? And here's the thing that they would see as a clear next step. Mm-hmm. Not that those of us who have been in church world for age would be like, Oh yeah, of course we do alpha. Whereas an unchurched person is like alpha. Like what's, what is it? What yeah. does that mean? Like, yeah. Do we have the, do we have a clear um, next step? So yeah, that's the third, the three questions for movement. And then our two more steps to come in episode number 28, how to create a simple church. We are so excited to host you again uh, for another episode of Aussie church leaders. Chris, maybe just in, in wrapping up today's episode, is there anything that you kind of summarize or, or anything you leave our friends uh, listening into today's episode with? Yeah, so what a simple church is, what we've been talking about, it's a church that has a straightforward and strategic process, a straightforward and strategic process that moves people through the stages of spiritual growth. And then we looked at the first two parts of that process. We said clarity. It's the ability to, of the process to be communicated and understood by people. We gave you four questions that you could ask around that is, is there a defined process at our church? What kind of Jesus followers are we making according to our weekly programs? What's a metaphor we could use or do use to describe spiritual growth and how do we measure success at our church? The second part of it is movement, which we said is steps in the process that causes people to move to greater areas of commitment. And the three questions we gave you to ask are, are our programs placed in a process? Is our church congested? And if so, where, and do we have a clear next step for people new to faith or exploring faith? Hey, if you've got any questions coming out of today's episode, We'd love for you uh, to, to get in contact with us or, or drop us a message. You can drop us a message on Instagram uh, at Chris's Instagram, which is at Chris Podlick. 
Uh, Podlick spelled P-O-D-L-I-C-H, correct spelling? That's correct, yeah. Or you can get in touch with myself at Riley Connor Brown, R-E-I-L-L-Y, for my first name there. We'd love to get in touch with you because we'd love to keep this conversation going, like we said, into episode 28, where we are going to share with you those two next steps that you can take in the process of how to create a simple church. We'd love to have you along for that next episode. Remember, you don't have to do everything today, but you can do one thing today that will help you lead stronger for longer tomorrow. We'll see you next time on episode 28. See you then.